recently felt that debt is stealing your dreams and you're not quite sure what to do about it, well, then this podcast is for you. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Cheryl Bernardi, the Wholeness Guide. And in today's episode of Wholeness at Work, I want to implore you to plead with you to please do not let debt steal your dreams. I'm passionate about a lot of topics when it comes to wholeness. I want to see people living freely. I want to see people thriving in their work. I want to see people being connected, really connected in their relationships. And I really want to see people mastering their money instead of having their money master you. We don't fully realize the full true cost of what debt does to us. And the reason is we are very ashamed to almost admit that we are not winning with money. It's taken us a long time to get to a place where we can actually talk about money. And there are many people championing these conversations, having dialogues, discussions to say that you are not alone when you're trying to manage your money and it's not as easy as you thought it was going to be. Remember the story we were told? Just work hard go to university, get a job, then everything will be fine. And we do that and we're waiting for things to be fine. We think once we get that first salary, once we're able to get our own car, our own place, things fall into place. And maybe you've been asking your question, well, why do things seem to be falling apart? Maybe I'm the only one who's feeling this way. Because when we look around at our peer groups, They seem to be fine. They're going grocery shopping. They're socializing. No one talks about this stuff because, again, we want to all feel like we're doing okay. So I hope that in this podcast, if you really are feeling suffocated by debt, that I can give you some hope. Firstly, by sharing my own story, because I think in sharing our own story and be the one who's bold and courageous in sharing my money mistakes, Because I think that in doing that, we empower other people to really say, well, okay, you've you've made these mistakes that I'm currently making, and you figured out a way to stop making these mistakes. So, okay, there's something I can learn from because I'm not the only one who's messed up. In my book that I've written and published last year called The Wholeness Revolution, Living Beyond the Pain and Reclaiming Your Power, it talks about my journey of really starting out life feeling clueless, feeling very desperate, feeling very alone. If you ever face the trauma of growing up in a home that is plagued by domestic violence, you might know what this feels like. If you've ever faced sexual violence, you might know what this feels like. There's a shadow that comes over you where you don't quite feel like you're living your own life. And so most of my 20s was living in a state of victimhood. I wasn't fully occupying my skin. There's no other way to describe it. In stumbling in my personal relationships that were often very violent and traumatic, I lost my voice. And you know what? When I started working, I felt like, okay, I'm actually making money now. Money did give me a sense of freedom because I was able to leave my home that was very toxic and I could go and start my own life. Or so I thought, <laughs> but actually I was just stuck in old patterns 
And so I use money to soothe my emotional pain, to soothe my psychological pain, and I started shopping. Because when I was growing up, I didn't have nice clothing. We got hand-me-downs and I vowed to myself, be careful these inner vows that you make to yourself. I vowed to myself that when I start working, I will go to these normal shops like everybody else and buy clothing there. What I really wanted, what my heart was really crying out for, was to be normal. I felt rejected for most of my life. I felt unworthy for most of my life. I felt unseen, unheard. And so for me, being able to go into a clothing store and buy beautiful things gave me a sense of I could almost borrow this beauty for a while. But of course, it didn't last and I would need the next high. And so I really developed a very strong shopaholic uh, habit in my 20s. And this is what debt does. It sneaks up on you. We all have our vices. For me, it was clothing. For you, it might be something else. Maybe you're just always the person paying for drinks with friends because what you're really wanting is connection. And so by feeling like I'm enabling this and I'm the popular one, I feel seen, I feel heard. Maybe for you, it's a car that you've always dreamt of and you vow to yourself, when I start working, I'm going to get this car and then I'll arrive. And I saw this pattern in the university students that I was raising funds for to go to, uh, to study and have bursaries. In their first year, when they started working, they would post pictures of these beautiful cars, expensive cars that you cannot afford on a starting salary. And there was their way of showing people that I've arrived, I've made it. And before we judge people for doing that, and maybe you've done that, I was also privy to the journey of first-generation professionals, people who are the first in their families, like myself, to have finished matric, secondary schooling, in South Africa we call it matric, um, and then go into university and actually shift from being a blue-collar worker like their families into white-collar work. And there's this need, this desire to show that I can, um, I can, I can manage this. But often there's a guilt syndrome that evolves with that, that I'm not allowed to be more successful than my parents have been. And there is this very, almost like a tug of war that develops with money. And so that's what I felt growing up. I would buy gifts for people because I wanted to, and I would use my credit card and that became another credit card. And, you know, I was justifying because I was helping people until... One day, before I got, well, after I got engaged, before I got married, I was sitting opposite the man that I loved. I was 32 years old. And he saw on paper that I was almost 1 million rand in debt. I will repeat that in case you thought you didn't hear the number properly. At age 32, I had amassed almost 1 million rand in debt. That's 64,681 rand and 92 US dollars in today's currency exchange rate. It was the first time in my life where I had to face the reality that my foolish behavior with money was now going to affect somebody else. And I write about this in my book, the whole journey of what that moment felt like and how I felt ashamed to bring all this emotional baggage and now financial burden 
into our marriage. But you know, sometimes these moments of reckoning can help us to shift. And there was a long time in my life where I just fell stuck. I would go to these financial courses that churches would provide for free. I would research the information. We all know what we have to do when it comes to money management. We have to spend less than we earn. We have to save up for retirement and we have to limit or reduce consumer debt. It's the same thing about losing weight. Simple. Eat less, move more. But it's not that simple because when we look at the financial advice on how to manage money, it only addresses the head. No one talks about the heart. And I feel like that's my job in the world to say, hey, people, there's something missing here. We can't just tell people to save. Let's look at why aren't you saving? We can't just tell people to not get in debt. We have to look at what is the reason that you're getting into debt. And yes, I'm getting very worked up because for 20 years of my life, half of my life, I was under the pressure of debt. And you know what? That pressure of financial stress just felt normal to me. It was compounded along with all my other stresses that I had. I didn't know that I had complex post-traumatic stress. It was only when I started going for counseling at age 30 and started looking at the underlying roots of why I was continually being attracted, attracted to toxic environments, ending up in a cult. It's all in my book, so you can get the book and figure out what happened to Cheryl. <laughs> but this is why I'm so passionate about wholeness, because I know what it's like to feel broken. I know what it's like to feel fragmented. I know what it's like to not feel like we are driving our own lives, like life is driving us and we don't know where we're going. I know what that feels like. So if you have any of these symptoms, this could be a sign of acute financial stress. Are you finding it difficult to sleep? Do you feel isolated? Do you find yourself reliving past stressful events? Do you feel extreme anxiety or guilt? Are you hypervigilant? Are you in denial? Do you feel like you emotionally numb yourself constantly? And do you avoid stress reminders if you can? These symptoms of stress could be obviously caused by many different things. But having that underlying stress of knowing that you are messing up with your money, having people call you and trying to avoid their calls, the pressure of actually trying to look like you're okay when actually you are feeling very desperate, that takes a lot of energy to try and hide what's really going on. And so if anything in this podcast, I want you to feel like you are not alone, but I also want you to feel like there is a way out. You don't have to stay stuck in the prison of debt. And I know as I say that people would say, but Cheryl, debt is normal. What are we going to do? I have to have a, a, a home loan. I have to have a car loan. And there's student loans I have to pay. Debt has become a construct that works very nicely for the banks, but doesn't work well for us. I didn't believe when I got married and I started looking at ways to get debt-free that I actually could. I really, really felt hopeless. I really, really had almost gotten to a place where I felt like this is how my life is always going to be. And when I look at some of the stats around the debt-to-income ratio of middle to um, higher income earners who are living on 65 to 70% 
of their income going to debt repayment. There's something wrong with this picture. We've been almost lulled into a sense of despair that this is just the way life is and I'm going to go through the motions. It's my job to shake you a little bit. To say, hey, wake up from this bad dream. Wake up from this nightmare. You don't have to stay in debt. You don't. (laughs) It took us, my husband and I, four long, arduous years of rethinking our thought patterns, of reestablishing behaviors with money. I started interrogating why I was doing what I was doing with money. It's called the psychology of money, looking at the behavior and the patterns around money. But with with the behavior part, it's always linked to belief systems. And so what was I believing about money that was causing me to be stuck in debt? Because I now live debt free. We don't have a home loan. We don't have a car loan. We don't have credit cards. Don't own one. We don't have any other debt to speak of. I now see the value and the beauty and the freedom of a debt-free life. And in reflecting on my own journey, I found three keys that can help you to stay out of debt. The first key is to figure out what is your heart crying out for? When I look back at the reasons that I went into debt in the first place, it was because I was trying to fill a very deep need that I had of belonging of feeling acceptable, of feeling normal, of feeling just like everybody else. And as human beings, we all have that. We want to feel like we belong, like we're part of something. And so I want you to think about right now, what do I know I'm spending too much money on? And you you already know this. I don't have to give you 10 minutes because you know this already because you've been doing it every time you swipe and you buy the next thing there's this feeling of um tummy being very uncomfortable and in a knot and your blood is rushing to your face and your heart is pumping because you know I'm betraying myself that self-betraying feeling that we override because we just don't think that we can change so you know what it is that you that's causing you to be in debt And then ask yourself the question, what am I really trying to get from this thing? If it's alcohol, for example, and numbing, there might be obviously some very deep issues, some deep trauma, some emotional, psychological pain that if you went to seek a therapist or counselor or your um, faith group to say, hey, I'm really struggling with this, that will give you lasting comfort. I know it really helped me when I started seeing a counselor and we discussed the shopping issue and I started unpacking some of the root causes around that. So what your heart is crying out for will always try to be answered with how you spend your money. The second key to getting out of debt or staying out of debt is to learn to be okay with being weird. In a society, in a world where debt is normal, I want to be weird. It's great for the financial institutions to offer me the credit cards and the clothing accounts. And whenever I buy clothing now, because obviously I still have to buy clothing, I couldn't stop buying clothing. And the cashier asked me, oh, don't you want to open up a clothing account? And I would say, never again. I will never again 
do that because I know it's a slippery slope. It's one closing account, it's one credit card, and suddenly you feel like you're drowning. So being okay with being weird is a very important key on staying debt-free. A lot of the financial trouble we get ourselves in is to try and be like the people around us. We might have a great car, it works well, it's paid off, but all of a sudden we see our neighbor, our cousin driving this new car and they're boasting about the performance and the specifications. I'm not really a car person, so I can't get into more of that. And we think, oh, I need a new car. (laughs) And we convince ourselves that we need this thing that's going to put us into debt. So be okay with being weird. Ask yourself the question, who am I really living for? Am I living for my parents? Am I living for my partner? Am I living for what? Who? (laughs) Why am I making these financial decisions? And do the people that I'm trying to impress perhaps not even care? The third key to being financially free is defining your values. If you don't know what your values are, there's a very quick way to figure this out. Think about where you spend most of your time and most of your money. And it will show you what you value. Where your heart goes, your money will follow. Where your time goes, your attention will follow. So if you value connection with friends, you will find yourself spending a lot of time doing that. If you value education, you'll find yourself spending a lot of time reading and buying books. So the three keys again, if you are in debt and want to get out of debt and just want to stay out of debt is to... Number one, figure out what your heart is crying out for. Number two, be okay with being weird. And number three, define what your values are. I want you to imagine what life could be like without the level of debt you currently have in your life. Maybe you stopped dreaming, and that's why I'm creating this podcast today, to inspire you to, you know, stir off the dust of the dreams and say, what was it that you wanted? five, ten years ago, before you got into debt. What would life look like if you didn't have the car payment or the student loan? What could you do with the money that is now freed up at the end of every month? You might think, oh, yay, I can go on a shopping spree and I can go on a holiday, and that's great, you can do that. But afterwards, what will you do? I find that if we don't ask ourselves these questions, if we don't interrogate the reasons for why we get into debt. We will stay stuck in a life that we didn't choose. I feel like I have to repeat that. If we don't interrogate the reasons why we got into debt, we will stay stuck in a life that we didn't choose. For me, now being debt-free, debt is not okay. It's not normal. I don't want to ever feel what I felt like when I was in debt having to look at my budget every month and know that it's going to this account that I should not have even bought those things. I look back now and all the money that I spent on the clothing that I no longer own was a waste. And you can be very regretful about that. And we have to learn how to reframe regret into, okay, what can I learn from that and how can I apply those principles now? But what could you do if you didn't have debt? Being debt-free gives you way more choices that you might not know right now that you need. I share in my book that when we finally got debt-free in November of 2018, it felt so surreal. 
There was no camera crew that came to our door and said, Hey, well done, Cheryl and Christian, you are not dead free. What does it feel like? There was no, it was a nasty climax because <laughs> no one actually cared about, you know, that we are dead free. But for us, it was such a huge victory. And I did not know that the month that I got dead free would signify a year later of me being able to resign from the job I was in and pursue my calling, pursue my sweet spot, pursue the thing that I know I was made to do. If I was still in debt, there was no way I could resign from my job because I would feel unable to leave my job because I had all these debts to pay. I heard an HR manager talk about how in one organization, which shall not be named, some people would actually resign from their job. They might have a really good job and enjoy the relationship with their manager and enjoy what they're doing, but they bought a new house because someone else in their family bought a house in that area and they bought a new car that they that someone else had also bought. And so now they were drowning in debt and they felt that the only choice was to resign from their job, claim their pension to pay off their debt. So again, in my wholeness perspective, everything is interconnected. We can't say that how I manage my money has nothing to do with how I'm managing my job. Think about that for a second. Think about the current stress that you have around debt. Have you maybe looked at your current payslip and felt resentment that your manager is not recognizing your hard work and they should be paying you more? Would you feel that way if you didn't have debt, if you feel, if you actually had extra money at the end of the month that you felt, I'm still enjoying this job, I'm still learning, I can still stay, I'm choosing to stay here. The deeper we get into debt, the more we feel like we have to pretend like we're okay. So maybe that's a sign that you do need some help, that you do have to figure out a way to address this debt issue in your life. Because if you have maybe thought about perhaps going to a different country and um, trying out this new career path that you really want to do, but you think, well, what's going to happen with the debt? I can't go. Then you are self-sabotaging your success. This is why we have to look at financial health, which then builds into our career health, which then builds into our relationship health. We know the stats, right? We know that financial stress is one of the main reasons for divorce, for breakups in couples. And it stands to reason because if we don't deal with our own relationship with money, and now we're in a relationship with someone else and they have a specific relationship with money, of course, it's going to be clashes. So I want you to imagine a life without debt. I want you to imagine what it feels like to not owe any money and to have money to say, hey, I can invest this. I can save this for my future. I can pursue my interests, my passions, because I'm free to do that now. If you decide in this podcast, okay, Cheryl, you're right. If you can do it, if you can get out of a million rand of debt that seems so impossible and crazy, then maybe I can too. And I want to say to you, of course you can. Yes, you can. And you must. You must get debt free so that you can live the life that you really want to live. It's going to be a fight. It's going to be a struggle. It's not going to be easy, especially when you try and cancel those credit cards. They will fight you. But this is the essence of the wholeness revolution. The wholeness revolution is about fighting the fight that you need to fight to, to live the life that you want. It's recognizing your value and saying, this is what I stand for. This is what I believe in. And I'm going to align 
these areas of my life, my relationships, my career, my finances for this purpose because I want my life to count for something. So that's what I'm trying to inspire you to do today. My purpose with this podcast and the work that I do in training and coaching and writing books is to help you see the true treasure that you have inside yourself. And I want to inspire you to build the courage to unlock that treasure and potential and bring your whole self to the world. I want to see you bring your whole full self to your relationships. I want to see you bring your whole full self in your career. And I ultimately want to help you see your whole full self in increasing your ultimate net worth. Dear friend, I have to call you a friend because if you are in debt and you're struggling, I know what that's like. I know that you can make it. I know that you can get yourself out of it. You are worth fighting for. Like I said, I could do volumes on this topic. And this is why I'm writing a book (laughs) about how I got out of crippling debt. And you can too. I will leave the link in the show notes so that you can pre-order that book. It's going to be available on the 31st of March, 2022. I'm also creating a course on how to get debt-free and stay debt-free for good. And I'll also link that in the show notes below. If you're enjoying these podcasts and feeling inspired by these podcasts, then please click on the support podcast button below and contribute to the continuation of these podcasts. If you need someone to talk to and you're feeling overwhelmed, please reach out. There's no shame in your current state of your financial reality because you can break out of that and you can get healthier. And again, I'll say this because I believe it with all my heart. If I can do it, so can you. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Have a wonderful day.